Hey friends, you're listening to Go Home Bob or You're Drunk, an irreverent media podcast. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, and if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Hey, everybody. Uh, this is Go Home Bible, You're Drunk, the podcast where we reflect on the Bible and we drink about it. My name is Justin. I am a former evangelical, a former pastor, former all of the things, really. Just trying to reinvent my life from the ground up here. Uh, one, one drink and one laugh at a time. So I am joined by my lovely co-host. Yes. Hello. I'm Tori, also former evangelical, former you know, just fundamentalist, typical kind of right-wing nonsense bullshit, except, yeah, I think it maybe didn't stick quite as well, not being white. I think of that maybe, it's like, oh yeah, some of this doesn't really apply to you. Yeah. <laughs> so you didn't have the thick coat of primer that some of us yeah, are born with. Yeah, exactly. And, and like, maybe, maybe like some of the skepticism anyway. So I'm done with that. I just, you know, like, calling myself an atheist to piss off all of the white dudes in atheism Mm -hmm. because this is my spiritual gift pissing off the white dudes spite spite is a religion in and of itself i think (laughs) i I piss off a lot of i piss off a lot of like conservative men of color like just across the board as well they don't like me at all you know everyone's got a type It's like every time I'm like, oh, I will shut your shit down, sweetheart. And then they like block me. <laughs> so and and we and, you know, we have some good news this week. Actually, we, we did. We, we have shut some shit down pretty hard. So as of this recording today, the House has passed the Respect for Marriage Act. Is it the Respect for Marriage Act? Sorry, I'm. Yeah, yes, why the is this name so hard to remember? Well, anyway. it's because it effectively repeals the Defense of Marriage Act. And pretty much every of marriage act I've been taught to view with suspicion, (laughs) but this one's actually pretty good. And honestly, respect to it's such an evangelical term, like, Uh, you know, that love and respect uh book. So I I don't know, Uh, but uh, honestly, it, it codifies into federal law protections for same sex unions, which, you know, that's what we've wanted this whole time. So it is a good day. It also protects interracial marriage which is like real fucking wild yeah i didn't i didn't realize that there are 35 states that have statutes or constitutional amendments per the washington post banning same-sex marriage if how do you pronounce this over Oberfell were overturned yeah, was if overturned. that ruling was overturned by the supreme court which it might very well be despite this because apparently like the constitution can just 
take apart legislation based on what they did in reaction to Obamacare. <laughs> like, yeah. we don't like this. It's like literally passed it with like a fucking supermajority. Like, what what do you not like about it? So who knows what will actually happen here? But I do think that it's a it's a good it's a good thing on the whole. We just live in a really fucking dysfunctional country. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it will certainly give I mean, it has I mean, there's so much butthurt and seething over this online amongst, you know, all the all the usual Theobro and conservative pundits. Actually, I, I've only really seen Theobros after it. I've not seen a lot of politicians that have been against this, honestly. This is personally, like I have, you know, the typical like, you know, Ted Cruz's, although Ted Cruz obviously should be rather quiet this week. For many reasons. For many reasons. Not just being in a mixed race marriage. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Well, well, and also there was the thing that happened with his daughter, which I'm not really going to comment on other than that's awful. And I hope Mm -hmm. she gets the help that she needs. Um, So there's a lot of reasons he should be quiet this week, but I haven't seen a lot of, I mean, mostly because a lot of a lot of conservatives voted for it. I mean, I think it was packaged very slyly uh, in a good way. And the fact that they they put interracial marriage and same sex marriage, marriage together together, you know, so to, smart. Yeah. You, have to, you, you would literally be voting <laughs> against interracial marriage. Yeah. Mitch McConnell voted against his own fucking marriage. So that's cool. Yeah. Totally normal thing to do. Totally normal thing to do. And, and so that's that's was was well done. And I also I think, too, that there is a certain amount. I think even amongst some conservatives, I mean, I, I, I maybe this is me having rose colored glasses. There is, there is still this like ideal that, that like stuff should be handled through legislation that we shouldn't have the courts decide all this stuff. And when Clarence Thomas is signaling like, Hey, we're going to go after same sex marriage. We're going to go after, we're going to go after interracial marriage, which is hilarious to me that Clarence why? Thomas is, is like, yeah, why? He knows, I mean, well, it's just like, He's in an interracial marriage, but like the thing, I think that the thing is really with him is that he knows his role. He knows why he was put in that position. Yeah. Like there's a whole, I don't have, how many, how many episodes was it that like behind the bastards did just talking about him because he's yeah. so fucked. So anyway, yeah, it's really, but it is really funny to me that like people like Mitch McConnell, people like Clarence Thomas, people in mixed race marriages are just like vocally also against them existing legally on like the federal level. And as you know, being a history nerd, I happen to know that there are a lot of conservatives and weird institutional, strange, bizarre places on the internet, (laughs) Prager, that love to talk about like black Republicans and like how all of the first all of the first black people who were who were voted into like the federal government were they were all Republicans. I was like, yeah, I mean, they were all Republicans in terms of like the party that they were, but like you wouldn't support anything that they supported. Like they all supported the federal government using really, really strong measures to protect black people because they knew that like the fucking clan existed, right? They're like, we know these people. We know what they're going to do. Like, we should not be giving them a pass, right? Like, you don't get to just, like, come back and be part of the government if you were part of, if you're a fucking traitor. And, like, they were they were all overruled. But there was, like, this very kind of, it was, it's interesting to me that they were, like, the federal government, like, these these first, like, Black politicians who were elected to, to Congress and the Senate, like, they were all very, very, 
explicit in the fact that the, like the federal government is the only institution that can protect us. Yes. And I think that's still fucking true. Like, you know, it was true in 1870 and it's true now that it's like, if you, you know, if you leave these issues to the states, they are going to choose the wrong thing. Yep. <laughs> right. They are going to choose. They're going to work against equality. They're going to work against like representation and they're going to work against equity. And it's what the I've states more, have always done. Yes, like, exactly. They've always been regressive. The entire concept of of statehood, it, it functionally is regressive, right? Because it's like, oh, some people, it's like in some states, you're a human being. And in some states, meh, whatever. Yeah. And somehow, like, we thought that that was a cool and functional way to, like, run a government, which it's like, you're talking about fundamental rights of, of people. Yeah. I think that states disagreeing on who is a person, probably not really... Probably just isn't going to work real well. It is. It is an anachronism from when we needed the slave states, and we, you know, yeah. they they conceded a lot of ground to the slave states to, to try to get some semblance of a functional country. But yes. it's turned into fifty raccoons in a trench coat pretending to be a nation. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's what yeah. You know, I mean, that's what it is. You know, thirty five of them are rabid. Yeah, thirty five of them don't want the other ones to exist. And and that's that's the thing, too. Like we saw this even during the pandemic when you had like state national guards being assigned to like confiscate medical supplies off like airplane. You know, they were like mm-hmm. states were poaching supplies from each other, you know, which I mean, we were competition. Yeah. Like at a certain point. Yeah. All these states are in competition with each other. And it's like this weird, like abusive system, like an abusive uh-huh. family where we're like all competing against each other for for the the pie or the prize limited resources in, in a lot of cases and in other cases pretending that things like rights are limited and that you run out at a certain point issues like gay marriage and interracial marriage it's like oh we only have so many rights to give away it's like we're almost we're almost out of tickets guys it's like that's that's not how this works like this is very cut and dry you have not lost anything but this is what i was thinking about today is like their framing of you know if someone else gets something i've i've lost it there's mm-hmm. this i don't remember precisely what it's called but there is this phenomenon and like behavioral neuroscience where people when they are going and like buying something that is on sale right so say you had your eye on a tv at costco and it's a hundred dollars it gets marked down to like 450 right so you're like okay obviously i'm gonna buy this like great deal whatever but like our brains our brains register like the money saved as like money we've earned. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think it works kind of the, I think it, whiteness works sort of in the, and bigotry in general works in the inverse of like your brain is registering anything anyone else gets as something that's been taken from you. Yeah. And that's, and, and that's, I mean, that, and that's why we have like the, the federal student loan forgiveness is being taken to court, you know, and, and might be done away with. Cause it's like, how dare you, how dare you help people? Right. Someone else getting something is something being taken from me yeah, that I didn't get, you know, and it's like it's I'm, but a lot of it is like, you know, people kept framing that as like, well, if, you know, if I was a small business owner and I, I started a business out of high school and, you know, worked my way up and was scrappy and it's like, OK, that imaginary person probably is too busy to fucking care what somebody that 
but also like that person got a lot of benefits from the government as well. Like, right. Exactly. Favorable loans, you know, like you, you actually educated employees, educated employees, like also (laughs) the ability to form an LLC so that if your business goes bankrupt, you don't go bankrupt. Like, Uh you know, those are all protections, you know, like what if I went bankrupt with my student loans? Like, well, that guy went bankrupt. He had an LLC. That's not fair. You know? So like it's the framing of it is, is again, this whole like blue collar versus white collar thing, which is an imaginary fake framing. If you're Mm -hmm. white collar, blue collar, sorry, you're part of the working class period. Like, (laughs) like, like there is functionally no difference between a bus Uh boy and somebody that, is a plant manager at some, you know, or mm-hmm, project manager mm-hmm. or something functionally no yeah. difference when it comes to the class that you are in. Totally. Cause if, if whatever you're doing, isn't making money, they will cut your ass. They do mm-hmm. not care. If you go to a job and you get a paycheck and you could be fired at any moment, you're part of the working class. Congrats. Like, like you know, and stop crossing picket lines. Yes, exactly. Like <laughs> stop doing, you know, the owner classes work for them. Yeah. And bitching about forgiveness, you know, and that's like I, the rail worker thing when they were going to strike. And it's unfortunate that they didn't get their sick pay that I feel like they originally deserve. It's like, well, we don't want them to strike because that'll be hardship for us. Like, yeah, it'd be hardship for us, but like their rights are our rights at a certain level. Yeah. Like, yeah. And absolutely. so I will absolutely stand in solidarity with rail workers. And I will stand on that side of the picket line and I'm mm-hmm. not, you know, and when their contract comes up again, I think it comes up again in 2025, I'll say the same thing. And so it's, and, and it's the same thing, you know, kind of bringing it back to this, you know, victory that we had, you know, on, on marriage, like, you know, if more people getting married, I mean, if, and more people having access to the immense tax benefits that come with being, you know, filing jointly. That's not a bad thing. Like maybe if, if, if you that. have a problem with because it's it's like it's the legal part that they have a problem with, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like it's calling well, it marriage. That that's... you shouldn't you shouldn't incentivize marriage if you don't want everyone who exists to try to get married. You know, like maybe maybe stop making life so much better, so much easier for people <laughs> who are married if you don't want everyone to try to get married. Like make it not a big deal, like they do in many other Western countries. Just saying. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, why do we have to make it political? Well, like you're making it political by mm-hmm. attaching financial incentives to this thing, and then in the blocking tax code. Like and, that's political. And then and then keeping people from being a part of it if they're not the right race or they're not the right you know gender expression. So that's yeah, that's. Yeah. And I, 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 I've saw a lot of tweets and a lot of takes, you know, about like how, like, you know, the government doesn't get to define what marriage is like, well, I mean, actually they do sweetie, but I mean, you let them define your marriage. Exactly. So... Exactly. You are more than happy. Oh, okay. But like, and Say if you more. don't believe it's marriage, then fine. Don't believe it's marriage. Don't, you know, like just like people, you know, just don't believe it. I mean, people don't believe that the earth is round. Like, that is your business. That is your business. You want to join the flat earthers? <laughs> Go for it. You're just not getting a tax break for it. Yeah, I'm just not going to give you an extra tax break for it. So yeah, I, I mean, I, I it feels it feels good to have somewhat of a win. It will be interesting to see how this plays out in some of the recent Supreme Court cases. You know, the the most recent one, the right to be a bigot. 
preemptively. I don't know. If, I don't know how you're. I don't know if you've been following this one. I forget the the. Essentially, this woman wanted wanted to start a website business for weddings. She had not started it yet. Has not built a single website for a wedding yet. But she preemptively discriminate. She wanted to be able to discriminate. She wanted to essentially be able to put a like no gays allowed sign. Oh god! Out, you know, like very clearly. So she was. You can just say I'm booked. But you like they. Ha- I think it's really interesting that they they really they work so hard to like make shit political, and then they're like, "Why are you making this political?" It's like, well, you know, we didn't politicize our identities. Like that was something you chose to do because it was beneficial to you as an individual. Yeah, and that's the thing too. Like, I mean, the the whole like quiet bigotry that's problematic, but at the same time, like if you just don't like someone's vibe, you can say, "I'm booked." Like it's not right. You don't have to be like they were gay. You can be like, I didn't like their energy. Yeah. No one will like, ask a single question. No one will ask a single thing. You know, like nobody is coming after you. You know, but like they wanted to be able to open and and the Supreme Court sided with them. And so I don't know if this new law now kind of makes that null and void in the sense that like, hey, this is a federally protected class of people. From what I understand, it doesn't. Things may have changed from like because it gets bounced around between like congress and the senate and for however many times it takes essentially but i know i know originally there was no it was like you're not obligated to provide services for a wedding that you like really have religious or moral grounds to disagree with yeah and that's i mean that's fair in the sense i think when it comes to like ministers you know like right, a, right, minis- exactly. a, a minister Churches can't be forced to and to administer yeah, I don't know what it's called. To officiate. <laughs> to officiate. Yeah. You can't be forced to officiate a wedding that you don't and your what you would say your good conscience would refuse and or what you would get fired over even. Like, you know, I mean there are some churches that would straight up fire a minister for performing a wedding that was outside of their orders and so like you can't the state can't pressure a minister to do that. That's fair. You know, and I I think there's also a religious religious freedom case and someone argued it I think in North Carolina it was like there's a religious freedom case for allowing ministers to perform, you know, marriages of any combination Mm. of people. I mean, I think that's fair. It does get muddy for me when it comes to like cakes and, and wedding vendors and stuff. Cause it's like, that's like, come on, man. Like you're not officiating the wedding. You're not really even a part of the wedding. So if you're building Mm -hmm. a wet, you know, like, right. (laughs) Yeah. You're not being asked to attend. I do think that is really interesting, though, because it's like the the power dynamic is really fa- that fascinating to me. That perspective, because obviously it was like the the one of the Supreme Court cases was this baker here in Oregon that was like, we don't want to make a cake for this gay couple, and it's it's interesting because it's like, okay, I I can admit that like I think that it's perfectly reasonable for a Jewish baker to say, fuck you, I'm not making your Nazi wedding cake, right? Yeah. Don't think it's cool for a Nazi baker to be like, I'm not making a Jewish wedding cake, you know? So like, and I, I'm okay with that just because of like how the power dynamics play out. You know, I, I think if you're that, like- though, like if you shopped that <laughs> to conservatives, though, it blows their brains up. Oh, for sure. Because they have, Absolutely. we've said it a hundred times, they have no sense of power analysis. Everything is mm-hmm. flat. Everything is the same. Mm-hmm. Like every situation is the same. Like, yeah. Why can't the Nazi discriminate against the Jews? Like, like, uh, because they did bad things last time we let them do that. Next. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. that's, that's why. 
like yeah come again in 180 years yeah and that's uh, i think that's why we see like a resurgence of nazism now is strangely is like they're almost viewed as this oppressed class of misunderstood people like we've just been kicking on the nazis for so long you know like yes they deserve to be kicked no wonder they're mad at us we're so mean to them we're just so mean to them like i will never feel bad when a nazi gets punched like never that will never i will never feel bad about that like because you know how easy it is to stop being a nazi you just say you just fuck that shit i'm not a nazi you just stop that like it's just not like i'll never basic i would never feel bad about it this includes kanye west for anyone listening i just will not like i mean i'm not i don't typically advocate violence but it's just like that's we're not advocating violence we're just saying we're morally neutral morally neutral in this specific case like just, Nazi punching. Just, you know, if it happens, it happens. If it happens, go with God. Yeah. <laughs> I won't say anything. <laughs> I didn't see it. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, yeah. I, I, yeah, I do. I, I do think, you know, a certain amount of, and I think that might end up being where a certain amount of loss we have to take where, yeah, there's going to be Christians that view themselves as an oppressed class that are going to have the right to say no. And if mm-hmm. that means that, okay, well, at least you know, Jewish folks don't have to make Nazi cakes. Right. I'll, I'll accept that for now. I mean, I don't think that you can really get it perfect, even if people had power analysis, which I think, I think a lot of conservatives actually do. They just don't admit they won't own it. Right. Like they won't come out and own it because their power analysis is we're, we're like ideological descendants of the founders of the country this country is ours. We get to make the rules. Everyone else has to just fall in line, right? Like that's that's their power analysis is like, we get to use government violence, essentially state sanctioned violence to like force people to fall in line with our ideology, which is a form of power analysis. It's real fucked up, especially because it's like, once you start pulling up the guillotine, you're probably going to end up on it. You know, like mm-hmm. once you start going like, oh, hey, state violence, cool, sweet, like sign me up. It's like, no, like we can we can like disincentivize shitty behavior like Nazism without saying like, oh, if you are if you're like some sort of neo-Nazi group or whatever, we're gonna firebomb your compound. You know, there's a spectrum of responses I think that we can have when people are being bigoted. And yeah, I do think that like there's just because of the American context, there is a lot of balance that we have to strike and it fucking sucks, man. Like Mm-hmm. But that's where we are. And I think that that's fundamentally that is what politics is, is sort of like grappling with these ideas. Of we have all of these people with all of these different beliefs, even if you're not like a Nazi, right? Like even just like a right wing or white, white evangelical person who's just like, I just personally don't feel like it's OK. I'm not trying to like mess up anybody's life. Right. Like, I just don't I just don't think that's a marriage. Like, yeah, I, I don't really to... I don't get it. Right. Like... Sure. Cool. You don't have to. That's fine. Like, as long as you're not trying to, like, use state violence to, like, force someone, I think, like, one way or the other, probably I'm going to be okay with that, right? If it's, if you're using whatever power you, whatever relative power you have to, like, exclude people, then that to me is going to be different personally just and it's like, it's based on context, right? Like, what, like, what is happening in the US is going to, like that's going to play out differently in like Spain or Brazil or Germany, right? It just is because we have different histories. And I think that that's like, at the end of the day, I think that that's okay. Like it's kind of like best you can do 
right? I mean, I think that this is the case in like families. I think it's the case in neighborhoods. It's the case in communities. It's like we're, we can really only do the best that we can do. And like sometimes we get little wins like this and it's like there were still compromises involved, right? <laughs> like we were not doing the purity testing because that's not something that's not reasonable at this point. It just isn't. Yeah. And, and that's... If if you did the purity test for everything, nothing would ever get done. I mean, a lot of people would get murdered. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, people, nothing would get done. A lot of people would die in the meantime, for sure. So so what, we're going to take the win. We're going to celebrate the win. And mm-hmm. we're not going to... Uh, it, it's going to play out in ways that are going to be great and not so great. And, you know, we're going to continue to be here for it. But, you know, as, a, as yep. an end of the year treat... We're going to have it. We're going to have it. We're going to enjoy it. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to take a quick capitalism break, and then we're going to get into dreams in the Bible. Kind of going on our theme of there's a Christian holiday going on. Let's do something else. And uh, <laughs> ignore, 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 ignore. All right. We'll see you. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth. And this podcast is just that here at the speaking in church podcast we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church it's a podcast about change it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side you can listen wherever you get your podcast and if you want to be a guest yes you regular person you can be a guest on the speaking in church podcast if you want to come on just let us know Hey everyone, thanks for putting up with our capitalism break that we need to take to refill our glasses. And usually we just get more water or tea, frankly. If you would like to listen to the episodes without any ads, you are more than welcome to do that. You can just go to patreon.com slash go home Bible and sign up for any tier. I think youth pastor tier is where you get a life verse given to you by from the lord by us that's that's the correct way to put that yeah as as your god-given authorities we have to mediate the in, spirit to in, you. in life yes exactly so you know we're all we're, we're we're doing the best we can the lord gives real weird verses because the bible is just overwhelmingly weird <laughs> i think we've learned a lot about the bible just from like picking out random verses from the lord so yes go home bible excuse me patreon.com slash go home bible and go over there check it out we have a discord got some other little things working on some merch we're gonna be doing a hangout early next year so yeah that's where that's where all the stuff is so we're gonna do uh just a little kind of a, a popcorn if you will um of, <laughs> of the dreams in the bible dreams appear quite a bit um the christmas story a bit we kind of like what we did with for Easter when we looked at like all the other resurrections in the Bible. We're going to look at a lot of the other dreams in the Bible because, you know, it's I was looking at some of these. And it's like you would think that dreams would come up more, but they really don't. They kind of like they have a moment and then they just go away for hundreds or thousands of years of biblical history. And then dreams have a little moment again. So I don't know, like about a drinking game. Dreams are trippy. So anytime you're like, why the hell is this in the Bible? Go ahead and just have yourself a little drink because dreams be trippy. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to kind of give you a lay of the land here, uh, there are like 21 different passages about or stories that involve dreams of some kind. 
in the Bible. So we're just going to kind of pick random ones. I don't think we're going to do all 21. I don't think we can get that far. Yeah. No, uh, the, there's not 21 good ones. I will say some of them can you you can lump some of them together as well. Yeah, for certain sure. people have a bunch of dreams and they're not on the whole particularly interesting. Yes, for sure. So, Tori, you want to pick the first one here and then we'll okay. uh, we'll kind of go from there. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So uh, because we haven't we haven't really talked about this dude, we've talked we've talked about him. We haven't done an entire episode on Nebuchadnezzar. I am sorry. I am having a flashback because I just flipped to a page in my Bible in the book of Daniel that I underlined a thing. And I'm like, why the fuck did I underline that? So uh, sorry. Nebuchadnezzar has a dream in Daniel chapter two. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to try to stay on topic here. We'll do We'll um, do both of Nebuchadnezzar's dreams just kind of a one yes, go. Because he's, because I don't know, he's an interesting dude for some reason. Yeah. Not, not just the like turning into an animal part. <laughs> so nebuchadnezzar king emperor dude had a his first dream in Daniel 2 is recorded as essentially he had this weird dream right and then he goes he gets all of his sorcerers and enchanters and magicians and he's like hey can you come interpret my stuff and they're like yeah cool tell us tell us what it is we'll we'll interpret this for you and of course he threatens to kill them and their families and like (laughs) as you do as you do if they get it wrong so there's there's that and we'll like promote them to like second second in charge of the kingdom if they get it right kings many, are so fucking dramatic how many people were second in charge of like it's like we have 82 any, people who were second at any given time the king got high on something and was like you i like you a whole lot you're you're, you're my guy you're my number two terrifying i'm just saying because they also kings change their mind a lot so i would not have any interest in that particularly in that particular gig being a king's number two is not the job you think it is Uh uh-uh no you're the first person to get executed doesn't matter how much you get paid like that job is not worth it so the king tries to do this little fake out thing with them originally and he's like uh you tell me what my dream is which fair i think if mm-hmm. you're a magician, and I mean, on on the upside, these guys are on the fucking payroll. Bet they didn't get called in very often. No. So there is that. But obviously, Nebuchadnezzar was real pissed. And he was like, uh, I'm going to kill all of you guys. Mm-hmm. And so they went out and they went to go grab Daniel. They're like, this his- is not how this is done. King. <laughs> right? right. They're like, we can't we can't tell you what your dream is and tell you what it means. And he's like, uh, OK, well, this is my moment. I'm going to kill you. Mm-hmm. So they go to like fetch Daniel to kill him because he was in on, he was part of this administrative cohort on some level. <laughs> and Daniel's like, Hey, so it goes to like the Kings, the captain of the King's guard. And he's like, Hey, so um, why is the King trying, trying to kill, kill all of us? <laughs> and Arioch, I think is his name yeah. is like, yeah, the King's just real pissed. Cause like, the Chaldeans couldn't tell him what his dream was. And Daniel's like, wait a second. Let me, let me, let me, let me handle this. I love it how like there are hundreds of unnamed women in the Bible that do amazing things. And yet the and king's captain of the king's guard executioner. He like Ariok, who was in charge of the king's executioners? <laughs> he gets he, his name gets mentioned multiple times. So anyway, and continue. Anyway, 
You'll also notice that there are no women in the Bible who have dreams. There's one, I guess, out of the 21. Yeah. Whatever. So It's not that good. Uh, it's not that good. <laughs> so Daniel goes, he like gets his homies, he prays, God tells him what the king's dream was. And so Daniel goes into the king. I was like, hey, or I mean, I'm skipping stuff, but eventually Daniel goes into the king. There's a bunch of administrative rigmarole. Nobody cares. And so Daniel says that the king sees this, an image. <laughs> One of those things are not supposed to make, I think it says in the Ten Commandments, don't an make image. images. Uh-huh. I've I've always been really, fat. like even as a little kid, I was very fascinated by this image, right? It's a, it, Daniel says the head of this image was made of fine gold. It's chest and arms are made of silver. It's middle and thighs, middle, <laughs> was made of bronze. It's legs of iron. And it's feet partly of iron and partly of clay, which does not sound like a real solid way to make a thing. No, they're not good feet. <laughs> Doesn't seem like the feet were that great. As you looked, Daniel, continuing to talk to King Nebuchadnezzar, as you looked, a stone was cut out by no human hand. What is it with Daniel's hands? He has a hand fetish. And it struck the image on the feet of iron and clay and broke them into pieces because iron and clay don't go together. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold all together were broken in pieces and became like chaff of the summer threshing floors, like the imagery, Daniel. And the wind carried them away so that not a trace of them could be found. I should probably skip ahead. So anyway, Daniel's like, this is the dream. I'm going to tell you what it means. You are the king of kings. God has given this kingdom to you. He gave you all of your power and your glory. And, you know, he's like given into your hands all of this land, everywhere that people exist, you're in charge, right? Like all of the beasts of the field, everything under heaven, yada, yada. And so your dream says that like, there's another kingdom that's inferior to you. That's going to like basically come and cut your feet out from under you. Yeah. <laughs> like, so another kingdom inferior to you shall arise after you. You get a third kingdom of bronze, which shall rule over all the earth. Do you, just really quickly, do you remember being told what all of these kingdoms were? Yeah, I remember, being, yeah. I remember being yeah. told what they were. Totally. Like, Rome was the Iron Kingdom. <laughs> yes, yeah. I'm like, that's exactly. Why do I still know that? Jesus Christ. There will be a fourth kingdom strong as iron because iron breaks to pieces and shatters all things. And like the iron that crushes, it shall break and crush all these things. You saw the feet and toes partly made of potter's clay, partly of iron. It shall be a divided kingdom. Which which one is this? I don't even remember which is the divided kingdom was. I, don't um, know. I think more and... iron and clay. It was like, uh, yeah, I think iron was supposed to be Rome. I don't whatever. Whatever, whatever. It's this, all of these dreams, all the dreams in the Bible. Real, real fucking weird. Um, and again, this and... is knowledge that we knew as children. <laughs> Why do we know? Why could we why could we literally preach a sermon on this shit when we were nine yeah, years old? Like I think the mm. silver, I think the silver was supposed to be Greece and like the bronze, right. yeah. Maybe the bronze yeah. was Rome. I don't know. I mm, no, it, the was like the, was it was like the gold, it was like the gold was Rome and the silver was Greece and the bronze was uh what's his face? Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, why like do we meads. know this? Yeah, the yeah, the yeah, yeah, the no, it was the gold head is Nebuchadnezzar, and then I think it was the Medes and the Persians were the silver, oh, and then okay. and then Greece was the bronze, and then the iron was Rome, and then of course you know my you know it'd be oh it's a kingdom divided, 
So like the stone was was God, you know, and Jesus coming to to destroy destroy the kingdoms of the earth or something. I, I didn't. Okay, I didn't. I didn't get the, that particular. Or the lesson. rock was America. I don't know. Some. <laughs> always. My say? mom was always like, "Why is America never mentioned in the Bible?" Such a mystery to me. <laughs> I know, because uh, it didn't exist, Mom. That's why. So yeah. Anyway, Daniel wins. He gets promoted because the king's like, yeah, man, like you knocked it out of the park. He's like, you get to have half of the kingdom and like marry three of my daughters and like all of this random shit. And, you know, you get to be in charge of all the affairs of all the provinces of Babylon. And Daniel's like, okay, but I didn't, I didn't want extra work. I just didn't want to die. It's like, have a promotion without, without any kind of a raise. It's like, I just, cool. Thanks, I guess. Like Nebuchadnezzar's like, uh, it's a bit of a lateral move here. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty happy. Oh my where gosh, I was. he's like, because I already, because I already, he's like, I already made you second in charge, didn't I? That one night, you remember? Yeah, yeah. you were already second in charge. Now you're gonna be now you now you're extra second. I imagine he was drunk and high all the time. I mean, life was kind of miserable back then. I feel like even for people who had who were affluent. So just me being me. Yeah. I can only imagine he was constantly doing, you know, whatever, whatever sounded nice at that particular moment. So then like Nebuchadnezzar has another dream in Daniel chapter four, which is, which is weird. It gets kind of extra trippy because it's like Daniel switches to first person (laughs) where he's like like, in the middle, like right in the middle where like, it's like Nebuchadnezzar's talking, you know, this is like when like, you know, Paul, like I, Paul, write this with my own hand. He's like, I, Nebuchadnezzar was relaxing in my home, living luxuriously in my palace. And I had a dream that frightened me badly. Like, I imagine like, like Laszlo from what we do in the shadows. Yeah. <laughs> and I had a dream that frightened me badly, you know, just like. I love that. Yep. So perfect, that's, that's, perfect imagery. Uh, that's the casting I have at this moment. Um, the things I imagined while lying in my bed, these visions of my mind were terrifying. So I issued an order and it's the same thing, you know, like I issued all the astrologers, like, cause, cause, cause we didn't have Daniel, I guess. Again, we lost him. He was on a business trip. That yeah. shit took months back then. Yeah. So then finally Daniel entered, he got uh, back, he got back. So, so he's, so then rather than play the game, Nebuchadnezzar just comes out with it. He was too stressed to fuck around. Yeah. So so while I was watching, there was a tree in the middle of the land. It was enormously tall. The tree grew large and strong, you know, top to the sky. You know, everyone could see it. It's great tree. Big, biggest fucking tree ever. Wild animals, uh, you know, creatures feed themselves, you know, from it. Actually, while I was watching, you know, my visions from my bed. A holy sentinel came down from heaven. Ooh, a sentinel. Let's do a quick word. I'm like, you were doing a lot of drugs, sweetheart. That's all this means to me. (laughs) You start seeing the holy sentinel coming down from heaven. That's like seeing the time knife, you know? You you went a little too far. You've you've had enough, sir. So it's like some holy one, some watcher, some angel. You know, the holy the holy sentinel. If you high enough, you see the holy sentinel. It's just a thing. Came down from heaven called loudly chop down the tree lop off its branches you know cut down you know let the animals okay saruman you know, yeah, jesus yeah just uh, yeah like 
you know, build me an army worthy of Mordor, you know, right? uh, like, <laughs> you know, but leave its taproot in the ground. Just in case, just in case with a band of iron and bronze around it, surrounded by a field <laughs> of grass, it will become damp and the dew of the sky. Let it live and you know, let his mind be, you know, like, and then it just like, it's just, it's weird. Let his mind be altered from that of a human being and let the animals, you know, be given over to him. You know, all these things, you know, the degree, the decree of the sentinels, this decision is pronounced with the Holy, you know, it's like this whole big thing. You know, this is the dream that I, King Nebuchadnezzar saw. Now you, Belshazzar, or you know, Daniel, declare its interpretation for none of my wise men can do it. So Nebuchadnezzar's like, I got fucking high once. And I saw, I saw the Holy Sentinel chop down a tree. Oh, sweetie, you got way higher than high. This is like a fucking K-hole. I don't yeah. know what you're, yeah. what you're talking about. This is past high. Yeah, you went on the hero's journey, good <laughs> yeah. sir. So so Daniel, you know, was upset for a brief time, says. His thoughts were alarming him. You know, don't let the, you know, <laughs> the king's like reassuring him. Belshazzar, don't let the dream and its interpretation alarm you. <laughs> okay. I, again, imagining Laszlo from... What we do in the shadows is don't be alarmed. Don't. <laughs> um, anyway, so I wish I could do his voice better. If only the dream, you know, then Daniel Price, sir, if only the dream were for your enemies and inter- interpretation for your adversaries, the tree that you saw that grew is large, you know, and he describes the tree because that's what they do in the Bible. Like they describe it once and they describe it again and again and again. So this tree, the tree is you, O king. For you have become great and strong. You're great. And, and that's a good way to start. Anytime, if a king, just advice. If a king asks you to interpret their dream, vision, you know, fever dream, whatever, find the coolest thing in that dream and say that that's the king. Chances are it will be, go well for you. So anyway, so great. You're the tree. You're the major thing. You know, as for the king seeing the holy sentinel, chop down the tree and destroy it. Leave his taproot. Blah, 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 blah. This is the interpretation. This is the decision of the most high. This is what's going to happen to you. You're going to be driven from human society and you'll live like wild animals. You'll be like an ox, you know, whatever. Uh, seven, seven years will pass. Your understanding of the most high is, you know, da, 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 da. so you're going to basically be an animal for seven years, but then you'll be fine. And then like, and then it switches persons. Now all of this happened to King Nebuchadnezzar. After 12 months, he happened to be walking around the battlements of the royal palace. The king uttered his words. Is this not the great Babylon that I have built? You know, am I basically am I not the shit is what he said. There came a voice from heaven. Uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, your kingdom has been removed from you. Uh, now at that very moment, Nebuchadnezzar, you know, basically he was driven. He ate grass like an ox for seven years after that. And then afterwards, he became a Christian or he, he followed the most high. I love this so much. Oh, my gosh. I was very entertained by that story as a child. I'm just saying. Yeah, I was really like, glad when we got to Daniel because there were actually like interesting things in it. I will say Daniel was one of my favorites. It's it's trippy as hell. And yeah, like it's like, I mean, honestly, you know, you do enough drugs, man. You may end up eating grass like an ox somewhere. I won't say don't do drugs, kids, but, you know, be responsible. Responsibly do drugs. Don't be like King Nebuchadnezzar and fuck your brain up for multiple years. <laughs> You just like you got to be real cautious when you get to the point where only God Himself can bring you back. You've gone too far. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. You know, especially with all the like scary shit out there, because that's also that's also real. So yeah, because you know, King Nebuchadnezzar had a handler. I'm sure that whole time 
he was out there. Oh, for sure. There wasn't. They didn't just let him Somebody run was, around. Yeah, but they were like sleeping in a blind, like up in a tree, so yeah. that he wouldn't see them, like start barking or like trying to bite their feet off or something. Yeah, they were feeding him too. You know, like you can't just live on grass, my guy. Yeah, they were they were they were putting herbs and you know lettuce and stuff out there for him to find. <laughs> you know, he thought he was this great forager. That's such a good point. This is not a man who could have survived in the wild on his own. Thank you for saying that. We learned something new about the Bible, you guys. Yeah. I most of the biblical kings could not have survived in the wild on their own. You know. Mm-mm. No, not them. And if that makes them uh, betas, David so be it. could have. David could have, yes. Because he did. Because <laughs> he did. That's the only reason I say this. Yeah. Because he did it. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, so this is like dreams. this is really making yeah, this is really making me think, though, because Daniel has the dream about the four beasts, which then makes me think about the book of Revelation, which is its own fucking fever dream. Well, let's just we... let's just round out Daniel then. Go ahead. And yeah. Let's do, let's do the Daniel okay. 7. Dream. Sweet, 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 sweet. Okay. <laughs> I, love, I love this so much. I love how it's like super specific, super specific, super specific. Yeah, we don't really know. That, that just like makes me really happy. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel has a vision. ESV says, Daniel's vision of the four beasts, Daniel chapter seven. So the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel saw a dream and a vision in his head. So this is not the king's dream. Daniel is also on the drugs, apparently. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love that they're like, he was on his bed. Like, no shit, Sherlock. Like, Where else would he have been sleeping? (laughs) Yeah. So he got up, he had a dream journal apparently because he got up and he wrote it down. And he says, Daniel says, I saw my vision by night. So it's a dream. Thanks. And behold, the four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea and four beasts came up out of the sea, different from one another. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. I'm getting heaven trauma right now. And then as I looked, its wings were plucked off and it was lifted up from the ground and made to stand on two feet like a man. And the mind of a man was given to it. The poor lion. How traumatic. Daniel, you were on drugs, my guy. Like, this is, this is like, this is not something undrugged people come up with. <laughs> but like, I'm sorry. Imagine this poor lion has his wings ripped off, is forced to stand up and is given. Like, be a an dude in- now. And is given the intellect to understand its situation. What like, has happened to it? Like, how awful. It's like, how much Prozac you guys got? This is not good. Another beast apparently coming out of the water or something like a bear. It was raised up on one side. What does that mean? It had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth and was told arise, devour much flesh. Okay. As bears do. Yeah. End of, end of the bear though. After this, I looked and behold another, like a leopard with four wings of a bird on its back. And the beast had four heads and dominion was given to it. Okay. After this, I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, terrifying and dreadful and exceedingly strong, had iron teeth, it devoured and broke in pieces, and stamped what was left with its feet. It was different from all the other beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. I love the way they describe shit in this book. It's Mm -hmm. so fucking weird. (laughs) Daniel says, I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another horn, a little one. Oh, (laughs) I considered them, and now there's this tiny horn. Before which, three of the first horns were plucked up by the roots. Didn't know horns had roots. And behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man and a mouth speaking great things. Oh, oh, that took a turn. 
what is happening? ripped out a horn and here's a mouth <laughs> i will i will say from what i can tell like the drugs in babylon were fucking great this Look, is what i this is this is, is this what i like learned from the bible <laughs> is this like a fairy fingers situation have you seen this like like when horses are born they like they're born with hooves right and hooves will like obviously tear up their mother's insides so they're born with these like weird like spongy things all around their hooves. They're called hmm. they call them fairy fingers. They look disgusting. Did, like did not know this. They look gross. And like they okay. fall off within like minutes. Okay, yeah. But they they kind of look like horns, honestly. Like the fleshy, weird, like little horns. Little flesh horns. Like wrapped around the hoof. You know, like it makes so this makes weird. this makes me think of fairy fingers. Oh my like, gosh. Apparently it's also a kind of fungus or something. So yeah, I don't know. You just do fairy fingers. Horse. Oh, it's apparently an edible mushroom. <laughs> yeah. Fairy fingers horse is what I need to be looking up. Yeah. They they look gross and they're just like they almost look oh, like Oh, interesting. Okay, okay, okay. This makes this makes some amount of sense to me as someone who is kind of a nerd about biology. Very weird. They, I, I don't know. They look. They it kind of looks like shelled crab to me. <laughs> yeah, it's like fleshy horn crab, yeah. like weirdly shaped. Yes, yes, crustaceany. Yeah. It's exactly yeah. the word I was looking for. <laughs> but it protects. It protects their mother in the womb. I'm getting the shit beat out of them. Pretty much. When yeah. They're pregnant with a horse that can walk. Like the literal minute it falls on the ground. Yeah. Well, okay. When you, cool. When you have a hoof baby. You need fairy fingers. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That makes yeah. Yeah. Fair. Daniel just keeps going. He's like, then I was like, I looked then because of the sound of the great words that the horn was speaking. Horns are now talking, guys. And uh I looked and the beast was killed and its body was destroyed and given over to be burned with fire. As for the rest of the beasts, their dominion was taken away, but their lives were prolonged for a season at a time. I do mm. remember as a child being told, I don't remember now what exactly it was but a season and a time were both specific lengths of time and it was like seven years and mm. half of seven years or something very corny yeah i remember reading daniel at one point and being like well the tribulation will last seven years clearly is right here that's that's what it yeah You're like <laughs> like why are we even oh debating God. this like because <laughs> it's, it's a whole different fucking religion that's why yeah. i know now but i was uh-huh. 15 and was like uh-huh. i found it guys Oh man, yeah. Giving giving the Bible to a teenager, they're gonna find some real interesting shit. I don't know. All right, what are we doing next? Well, what's the are interpretation do... of the dream? What's the interpretation of the dream? I don't know. The beasts just all die. <laughs> but doesn't it says down so here? So Daniel's an angel Daniel's like yeah. Daniel's like uh. So I had a shit ton of anxiety. Normal, depending on what kind of drugs you were doing, and you know, I really. I really wanted to know like what the fuck was going on. And let's see where where's a good place to start here. So Daniel apparently walks up to an angel and says one of those who stood there. Cool. And he told me and made known to me the interpretation of the things that I saw. The four great beasts with four kings again. Same fucking dudes who shall arise out of the earth. But the saints of the most high shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, forever and ever. Then I desired to know the truth about the fourth beast, which was different from all of the rest. Exceedingly terrifying because, you know, like a lion having its wings torn off. Not terrifying at all. Yeah. And being given of intellect of a human for no reason. 
<laughs> just just to torture it. Let's see here. She's exceedingly terrifying with its teeth of iron and claws of bronze, which devoured and broke up in pieces and stamped what was left with its feet. And about the ten horns that were on its head and the other horn that came up, before which three of them fell. The horn that had eyes and a mouth that spoke great things. <laughs> like, what are you... You literally just said this. Thanks. Okay. As I looked, the horn made war with the saints and prevailed over them until the Ancient of Days came <laughs> and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High and the time when the saints possessed the kingdom. And he, it says, thus he said, I'm assuming this is the angel, right? There should be a fourth kingdom on earth, which will be different from all the kingdoms. Oh, see, this is where America is in the Bible, you guys. This and it shall devour the, the whole kingdom. earth. It's that, just about the whole earth. Done. Okay, this actually sounds more like Britain, actually. Trample it down and break it into pieces. <laughs> For the ten horns, out of this kingdom, ten kings shall arise, and another shall arise after them, and he shall be different from the former ones. Really? Like, why is why is this in here? There'll be a new guy. He where, won't be the same. This is why this is where the Bible mentions Donald Trump. Because <laughs> oh, no. he's not like no. other kings. Oh my fucking God. Stop. I can't. He shall speak words against the Most High and uh, wear out the saints of the Most High and shall think. He did wear out the saints. Change. I will say that. Yeah, warm down more like. And shall think to change the times and the law and they shall be given into his hand for a time, times, and half a time. Which again, apparently I thought I knew what that meant when I was like 14. But the court shall sit in judgment and his dominion shall be taken away. Which court? Nobody knows. It shall be consumed and destroyed to the end, and the kingdom and the dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High. I didn't actually realize we were getting into, like, Christian nationalist territory with this one. Their kingdom shall be an everlasting kingdom, and all uh, dominion shall serve and obey them. Here's the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my thoughts greatly alarmed me, and my color changed, but I kept the matter in my heart. The interesting thing is, like, saints, like, the better rendering is probably holy ones. Mm, okay. But there's a little bit of debate as to whether holy ones means like the nation of Israel, obviously Christians, you know, translated it saints, or if holy ones means like angels, right. at which point it's not talking about us at all. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. I, what the the way that it was taught to me as like growing up in in a kind of like fundamentalist but like pretty pretty charismatic household was all of it was about people all of it was about world history and yeah so the saints get to be in charge of all the things this is and it's it's really interesting when you use because you can use the bible for whatever ends you want to to me i find it really fascinating when you use the bible as a means to accumulate power because you somehow get in your head because of of like i don't want to say like misinterpreting but because of like the way that this was written in english all of which has like a political agenda you come away from it thinking that like god wants to give you the entire planet and like colonization is good actually well yeah like i mean let's like in your Bible, it's and in most of our Bibles, it was rendered saints, just like very Christian language, you know, like, so the world will be given to the saints. And like, is sainthood even a thing in Judaism? Not that I'm aware of. Not that like, I have ever heard of. Actually, even like the term holy ones, I'm, I'm racking my brain. I didn't prepare as much for that particular 
bit of word study as I would have yeah, liked Yeah, that was like kind of out of left field. I forgot about that. But I don't know how often Holy Ones refers to even Jewish people. Like it, Holy Ones to me is a pretty angelic angels reference. But I mean, again, I'm not a Hebrew scholar, so there probably could be someone who has a better understanding of that than me. But still, like, it's definitely not referring to Christians. I will say that. Because <laughs> Daniel didn't know that those people existed, would yeah. exist. They um, didn't exist. And the people that compiled Daniel together were not thinking about Christians. No, not at all. I do have her like this, like, angel dom business. Sounds interesting to me. Yeah. Just, you know, whatever. So <laughs> we need some we need some speculative fiction about about this. These angels come coming at us. And their dominion. I think we could talk maybe briefly about just kind of, uh, like so there's these crazy trippy dreams in Daniel. But then like we could probably then just all... like God says to do a thing dreams. Yeah, we could probably just lump all of these together. <laughs> the God says to do a thing dreams like so there's yeah in the new testament this these are the ones that christians will be talking about right now because it's christmas time you know where god warns the three wise men or the magi you know to not return to herod after they've been to bethlehem or you know an angel tells joseph in a dream like an angel appears to mary while she's awake appears to joseph in a dream whatever um (laughs) so they're different and so go to egypt and then appears to him in a dream again and says, go back to Israel, but not all the way. And then <laughs> wait, no, you need to steer clear of Judea. So go up to Nazareth. So and then, you know, earlier in the Bible, there's, you know, like, you know, a dream for Jacob, like go back to the land of your father. And, you know, or like telling Laban, like, don't, you know, don't fuck with Jacob. So or, you know, Abimelech, like, don't fuck. Sarah, because it's Abram's wife. Like, there's these like very direct dreams, like these very right. like yeah, like I had a dream and I was very directly told to do something. I don't, I mean, I don't know what to other than like this is a rhetorical device used to move characters around. That makes sense to me. I, I, I mean, right. even like I don't, I'm trying to even think of dreams I've had that would be anything like that, where it was a very clear like. Go do this. I, authority figure in your dream, says go do this. Yeah, I don't think I've I don't think I've had dreams like that. I've definitely had like very kind of clear dreams about things that I was anxious about, but it wasn't instructions from someone who had all of the information. Like, oh, go and do X, Y, or Z thing. Yeah, no, like I'm anxious about someone killing me. Oh, well, move to X foreign country. Like. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Like, did you ever like, did anyone that you know of talk about dreams as like, you know, God sent me a dream? Um, I'm trying to think of specifics, but it was very accepted in our particular, I guess, theological circles. Like God would, you know, God would give dreams to people. God would give dreams to pastors. There was, um, in retrospect, obviously, I don't believe that that is what was happening. But at the time, it was kind of accepted that, like, this was a way that that God would communicate with you, right? Like, and a lot of the more, like, Pentecostal, charismatic churches that I went to, you know, when I was, when I was like, like, older teenager, young adult, 
absolutely we're we're into this shit you know i'd like i know i'm like i'm trying to remember who specifically talked about it i feel like i feel like people like judah smith and benny perez would talk about like dreams that they had where god was telling them to like go and do a thing and because that's just that's just like how they communicated like God wants me to do X, Y, or Z. And it was like, sometimes you get tired of saying, like, I was praying one day in my office after fucking my secretary. I don't I don't know that either of them did that. That's not an accusation. Um, <laughs> like, God told me, like, to do, you know, it's like, I think that, like, yeah, we kind of got to the point where people were like, oh, yeah, like, God told me this thing, like, in a dream. It was super straightforward. And then I, like, went and I sold my car or whatever. Because <laughs> God was like, you know what you need to do? Get a lease. And somehow that turned into like a fucking sermon because I had a dream about like getting a lease and it must have been from God, right? It, like, yeah. like the bar was low. So I'm not saying if there was anything particularly serious going on here, but I do think in charismatic and Pentecostal spaces, like there is a lot more room for that like creativity that didn't exist in any of the reformed churches <laughs> that I attended. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of a line that at least in my experience, like that, I didn't really experience a lot of people saying, I mean, people said it, but it was just kind of like, okay, whatever. wasn't really accepted, which is interesting because like in the, some of the biggest moments, I mean, the, the biggest moment supposedly in scripture or at least Christian scripture, the birth of Jesus, a lot of people have dreams. And so you would think it would be a bigger part of the Christian tradition, but it's really not. I think that, in context, it's something that you can get very carried away with. This kind of reminds me of now I'm not remembering what it's called, but the like the idea of like all men being part of like the the priesthood in Mormonism, right? It's like if we yeah. start giving people dream authority, then we don't get to be in charge anymore. Like that's kind of dangerous, right? Like giving people like 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 authority based on some sort of like creative dream vision, whatever that they are having when you are in a situation, when you're in a church space rather, or, or a religious space that is actively trying to to accumulate power. A lot of these spaces were, are, yeah. Giving people like that kind of authority is dangerous. It's like, well, you can't argue with me because God told me this in a dream. Like there's no, there's no, there's no rebutting that. Um, so I think that there was definitely like, there was space to kind of like talk about that kind of thing. There was not really any space for it being like, God is, God's given me instructions through my dreams, unless it was somebody who was already in leadership, in somebody that God had already called, quote unquote. Yeah. God gives me dreams, but God. And God give- can give you dreams too for like your life, but not for like the whole church. Yeah, like that's no. for me. <laughs> And that's very like church plantery, like oh boy, I, yeah. I have the vision. I have, you know, I I have all the authority. You don't, you don't get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we have time for maybe one more dream. We could do Jacob's ladder, or we could do Joseph's weird dreams. Oh, Joseph's a lot like Daniel, though. I feel like Joseph was a lot more straightforward and like what the stuff meant though yeah that is true you know less like trippy. like pharaoh having these or you know joseph having dreams and then it was like pharaoh was having dreams and the other person like the people that joseph was in prison with were having dreams 
Yeah. It's like, like, oh boy. Okay. Well, I, I do say like, I mean, why I get into like the blow by blow, like we did from Nevik and Ezra, but like Joseph's, yeah, at least it kind of makes sense. And also it like, there's a progression of his authority where like, you know, he's down and out for, you know, for those of you who maybe don't know, Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers. He ends up in prison he interprets two people's dreams. It was the king's cutback bearer and the king's baker. And one of them basically is like, hey, you're going to be set free. And the other one is like, well, you're going to get executed. And it happened. To get, stay away from the king. Yeah. So, Pharaoh. Stay away from the Pharaoh. Stay away from Pharaoh. Yeah. And Word so to the wise. years later, Pharaoh's got this dream that he's stumped and his cupbearer is like, oh, hey, I know a guy. Who's in prison? I know a guy in prison. I know a guy from my time in prison. Remember when I made you mad and you put me in prison for a few days and you, but you didn't kill me, thankfully. Oh, great king. And then, you know, then Daniel, you know, does his thing and interprets this, that, and the other. And then we get placed in second in charge. (laughs) (laughs) Once again. Once again. Seems to be a recurring theme. (laughs) No, that's really funny. I never really, I never really thought about, I never really thought about the, the, king's like cup bearer slash wine guy his sommelier if you will yeah never really thought about the fact that he would probably like most days was going to work going like should i say something about the fact that like joseph is in prison but that means that i have to bring up that i was in prison because the king was pissed off at me and like i don't know that i want to like bring that shit back up (laughs) yeah like like, you know i got a good thing going on here i'm like i'm not gonna fuck this up again like there's no way I saw what happened to the baker. Like, mm-mm, not here for that shit. Nope. So anyway, I never thought about it like from that pers- like that particular perspective. And now I'm very entertained. Like, yeah, I'm not. No way. Like, mm-mm. I took a four day vacation. Good king. Right. I enjoyed well, my time. And again, it's like it was the pharaoh. He was on drugs. Like, mm-hmm. he slash she, whoever was in charge, was on drugs. Whatever their gender was. Like, Garen fucking teed. Most of these people were not straight edge by any stretch of the imagination. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely, but I definitely suspect that somebody in that position of like, oh, yeah, I'm the person drinking the, drinking the king's wine every day, like taking a sip mm-hmm. of the king's wine every day to make sure it's not poisoned. He does not give a fuck about me or my life. No. Not yeah. going to fuck this shit up. Honestly, already the, precarious. Like the whole idea of like, we joke about the kings and queens being high all the time, but like, it really makes a lot of sense of their erratic behavior. It does. Yeah, They're absolutely. Like, oh, they were erratic and crazy because they were high all the time. And I think that like, you know, I think that that kind of combined with the fact that like data seems to indicate that like people with power actually have less ability to empathize. I think those two things together, it's like you have access to literally fucking everything. Yeah. Can you imagine like being pharaoh like people half half of the world thought you were a fucking god right like Mm -hmm. that would fuck up your brain like you would not be okay (laughs) and i think that people in that position would be inclined to self-medicate that's all Mm -hmm. yeah and like it kind of wouldn't like self-preservation wouldn't matter kind of as much in those contexts i think because it's like well i'm gonna live forever so it doesn't actually again doesn't actually matter nothing matters bring me the drugs like I'm a god. <laughs> I need to have my god visions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I need to have my god juice. Oh, uh, but yeah, Joseph, you know, interprets dreams, gets out of gets out of jail. Uh, Daniel interprets some dreams, 
king, same situation, emperor gets out of gets out of being executed. Like clearly some of these guys knew what was up, you know. The sober um, ones. The people who were very clearly straight edge yeah. knew what was going on in this situation on. and how to take advantage of it politically. Yeah. And you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna hats off to you. Fair. Absolutely valid. I, this know, is not the conclusion I was expecting to come to in this episode. No, it really wasn't. No. And we've got through most of the dreams, honestly. There actually aren't that many. When I had this idea, when I pitched this idea to you, I didn't realize that there were actually not that many dreams in the Bible. Pretty wild. Yeah. Let's we'll we'll end. Let's end on the only woman to have a dream in the Bible. Mm, Okay. So a woman without a name. Once again. Yeah. A a nameless woman. The wife of Pontius Pilate. Yeah. The wife of Pontius Pilate. Yeah. She has a dream. There's really not much to say about it other than she has a dream that's saying hey like uh don't don't kill jesus <laughs> you know i had a dream he's the good guy you're the baddie I, I have suffered greatly as a result of a dream about him today <laughs> that's what she said but you know the chief priests and, and the elders oh you're saying the men didn't listen to her yeah so she is like she's got like a little cassandra complex thing except she doesn't have a name so we'll never know although i'm sure we could google who was pontius pilate's wife we're gonna google this OMG. The Bible didn't care enough to tell us. Google, however, knows all of the things. Google will tell us about her. What? I look at like Pontius Pilate's wife, the unnamed spouse of Pontius Pilate. Like you're you're you are you I'm sorry, are you telling me that there is no record of this woman's name? She's recorded namelessly. In later tradition, she's known as Procula. As far as I can tell, the history does not know her name. But that tracks. It is history. So there's that. Yeah, it is his story. So that that bothers me on a number of levels. So not only did the Bible (laughs) fail, but Rome failed. Yeah, Uh, like on the whole, Rome, total failure. So I thought for sure, like where the Wikipedia would come through for us where the Bible failed us. But this was not the case. Yeah, so yeah, there's her name might have been Claudia Procula, but it's like a it's guess. It's a very Roman sounding name. Yeah, but it's a it's a guess. That's so wild. So yeah, poor Claudia. You know, she had a dream. You know what? greatly as a result of this dream, and no one listened to her. Girlfriend flew under the radar. Smart thing to do. If you have to be anywhere close to the king, do not make waves. She, probably she died in her old age, relatively happy. Because she was smart. Because she was not noticed by Pontius Pilate. (laughs) This is the takeaway of this episode, I think, is don't put yourself on the radar of the king. No. And if you do, you better be sober for it. Be sober and like ladder his ass. That will get you 80% of the way, at least 51% of the way. Yeah, there, you know, there's there's still there's still that there is an unacceptable amount of risk involved. Truly, but, truly. But you can minimize that risk. So, uh, yeah. Who are we? Um, who are we? Casting as these folks, as these folks, you mean Nebuchadnezzar? Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure we've cast him before. And I always get really, I always get really thrown off. Like I always confuse Nebuchadnezzar and Xerxes, and then my brain just like falls to pieces. 
Who we cast for Daniel? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to say Matt Barry, uh, who's plays Laszlo on What We Do in the Shadows. Oh That's yeah, Matt Barry for 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 who? For now, Nebuchadnezzar. Though. For Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah. For Nebuchadnezzar this this time. I that's I that's just, so fucking I, funny. He's I feel hysterical. it. I feel it. Like I don't know that I will read Nebuchadnezzar in the Bible again without hearing his his voice. Uh, what about you for for Daniel? Who would you cast for Daniel in this? Um, for Daniel, I would Josh Bronlin is who I would cast for Daniel personally. Okay. That's just who comes to mind. And like the dynamic between Matt Berry and Josh Bronlin is hysterical in my head like that dynamic would be so fucking funny yeah so that's that's my choice those are those are good ones i mean yeah for like when i think of like joseph or anybody no one comes to mind but yeah let's just do nebuchadnezzar and nobody comes to mind for joseph yeah i mean i mean i guess jared leto leto like just as like a pretty boy strange person that's true i guess joseph doesn't really like come across as like being an alpha male yeah <laughs> like i can't believe i use that term with any amount of seriousness whatsoever oh my gosh yeah for sure oh joseph so yeah i guess that's uh... right, so yeah i think that's it that's all i got thanks everybody for listening in to these dreams of the bible if you have a favorite dream in the Bible, let us know on Twitter or Instagram or wherever you see our things. If you could give this episode a five-star review rating, if you will share it with a friend and hope you have a wonderful, whatever holiday you're celebrating. We hope it's a good time. Even if it's no holiday, even Enjoy. if it's sitting on the couch, watching movies, Enjoy it. Yep. All right. See you. Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know.